0: Listeners are advised. This podcast contains coarse language, themes of an adult nature, and inappropriate thoughts about boy bands. Oh. And inappropriate thoughts by boy bands, motherfucker.
1: Zoe Linkson. Yes.
0: How are you? I'm fine. Are you gonna say my name back? Oh, Amy Long, <laughs> how every, are you? Every week it's the same, we're like, let's introduce each other, but we don't want to be like, oh hi, this is Zoe, but... Maybe we should do our own names. Hi, I'm Zoe Linkson. Oh, I like that. <laughs> hi, I'm, I go again. Hi, I'm Zoe Linkson. And I'm Amy Long. And you're listening to... I'm with... The Boyband. I think oh, that's I think a bit that's we're sure better as we like do it that. together. Yeah, let's,
1: yeah. Oh, well, okay, so go again. <laughs> hi.
0: I'm Zoe Linkson. And I'm Amy Long. And you're listening to... I'm, I'm with a boy, boy band. band.
1: That's how we started episode
0: one, isn't is it? it? <laughs> so you're saying what, we're, we're going, going back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What have you been up to, Amy?
1: Well, the big news is... I saw Take That last
0: night. Oh, I thought it was going to be... Oh, that... What did you think it was I going don't know, to know, when you said the big news, I thought you were going to be really sarcastic and tell me oh. something different. <laughs> and the then say <laughs> Take is... That to like oh yeah and i'll actually take that as well.
1: i mean i can tell you how badly i needed a wee on the way there if you'd like <laughs> but that's not that's not that great so yeah actually, so i take that our,
0: as well. our audience expected us oh so yeah toilet, bathroom, tool.
1: <laughs> oh also transport how we got places that's <laughs> yes. something that's very key uh, well, to us my next
0: subject to talk about is how long it's taken me to get from work to your house this oh, evening I know. It's and how long after i finish work it's taken us to start recording what time did you get here?
1: We got here at the same time, about <laughs> half six. It's now yeah. eight.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> we've just been fucking about. Mm. Tell me about Take That, then. I know you're busting, too. Your little look on your face as you went, I'm to see I was that. really
1: close. So, basically, we couldn't... No one could buy was more than... Was it standing or seated? No, seated, but okay. everyone stood. Yeah. So...
0: I just know sometimes they can take the seats out of the Albert Hall. Yes,
1: they can, which is what they're doing tomorrow, because I'm going to see the script tomorrow, and it's going to be standing, but... It was all seating the we couldn't nobody could buy two tickets together so we were all dotted around the whole venue and i kept seeing people i knew sitting on their
0: own (laughs) and going over and being like oh hey it was when new kids did their apollo show that was the same as that like i I know one person in fact the bunnies managed to get three tickets in a row and that was considered a miracle because everyone else was like i've got one in row x of the mezzanine and Mm -hmm. i've got one like in row y of the upper store and it's kind of like whoa yeah
1: well what i quite like about the albert hall is that it's not the biggest venue so you always feel like you've got a good view So I was row 13 and I was on the aisle, as you know, I love an aisle because I hate being stuck in the middle of a row and not being able to get out.
0: Because of people.
1: Because of claustrophobia and people. So yeah, it was great and it was for a charity thing, it was uh, the Teenage Cancer Trust, they're doing shows all this week there and Roger Daltrey came out and yeah, I think he must be the patron because... The song they were playing was "Teenage Wasteland." All through.
0: Oh yeah, he he has done something massive. I think I don't know if he set it up. Oh okay. Have you listened to my favorite murder this week? No, I haven't oh, listened for a, weeks. There's a great story that you probably actually would this week about um the they did a concert in 1979 where people got trampled to death. Probably cut this out because it's really depressing. But it's good. It's about. Oh, the... we love talking about
1: death. <laughs> okay, cool. I will have a little. To be fair, it's, I've been listening called, to Take That albums this week. It's called The Who Stampede. Okay, cool. I will have a listen. That's interesting. So he came out and introduced them, and they came on. And Gary had been at Radio 2 yesterday morning, so lots of my friends had gone to Radio 2 to see him. And
0: Why didn't you go? Oh, I
1: just... It was a 4am <laughs> start. I was going to have to bunk off work. And I, ju- I knew that if I got up at that time of day... And um, when I would be so fucked for the gig, I wouldn't have been yeah. enjoyable, and I probably would have fallen asleep on the way home. Yeah, going into London twice in one day. Okay, from home. So good, good point, Marmee. Yeah. Me. So I decided not to. But when I saw the pictures of how good he looked, I was like, Oh, I'm gutted that I didn't uh, go. Hair update.
0: Because you thought he'd gone blonde, he has gone blonde. Uh-huh. I knew it. Well, he's
1: he's not blonde yet. He's kind of orange. So it's oh, the first nice. step to it's being an Ed blonde. Sheeran.
0: Look, okay. <laughs> there was a guy in the front row who looked like Ed Sheeran. Oh.
1: So, yeah, they were just they were fucking great. They always are. Mark's looks. Mark still got his long hair. He's lost loads of weight. look great. Howard always looks amazing. And. It was a really good mix of songs. It wasn't like anything they'd done before. There were moments that reminded me of the Down Underland tour they did. So when they did Relight My Fire, they kind of came over to one side and entertained that lot. And then the three of them went to the other side. And then fucking Lulu came out. Oh. Which, to be fair, the crowd fucking loved it. The audience was a really strange mix. Well, what... the,
0: the, that's the thing with the charity gigs. Mm. You tend to get... A, a more eclectic mix of people yes. that don't necessarily go and see take yeah. that do a stadium. Yeah. And also the, the attraction of, of a band playing at the Albert Hall as yeah. well. So Although you, get... you say
1: that, but I sat, the guy I sat next to, we've called him Jeff. I don't know what his name was. He was probably, I'm going to say, well, he's older than me, but he was probably not that much older than me. And, um, I started chatting to him because you do. And, I asked him if he'd seen Take That before. He said, yes. His wife was the other side of him, but he was really tall, so she was kind of reaching around to see me. (laughs) And um, they said, yeah, we have seen them before. Have you? And I said, yeah, a few times. And he said, are you seeing them on tour? And I said, yes, I am. And I said, are you? And he said, yes, I am. I'm going to see them at the O2, and I'll also be at St. Mary's on the 26th. And I was like, oh, you are actual Take That fans. (laughs) Like, that's wicked. So I was surprised, because I prejudged them and thought, the, they don't know what they've come to see and no one around me the guy across the aisle from me looked in his 70s and i thought they're never going to get up and dance this is not going to happen soon as take that came out everyone was on their fucking feet screaming <laughs> and when lulu came out the roof pretty much blew yeah. off because again for a take that fan probably not that bothered really but for the wider public it's like oh my god it's it's National yeah, Treasure it's, Lulu. Yeah,
0: it's the song they did and it's and they feel it's a special moment. Oh, There's no way she does every show. This is really special that this is happening.
1: Okay, I've got a little
0: secret. No, no, no. I know that she does but for the person that doesn't know... No, she doesn't do every show. Oh. They usually get a Lulu stand-in. No. But the last the few... To... I know I need to go in-depth on the Lulu stand-in. Does the Lulu stand-in have to look like Lulu? <laughs> no. Okay. They
1: <laughs> often have a big black diva woman do it. So they've had uh, Beverly Knight and they've had um, somebody who did a lot of backing vocals and stuff like that for them Mm. come out and just smash it. But Gary's been singing it mostly recently. He's like, do you know what? I just feel like we've done that to death now, and it's getting a bit ridiculous. So he got to that bit, and he was like, ladies and gentlemen, Lulu, are you ready for Lulu? Lulu came out. But sneak, or spoiler alert for any Take That fans listening, she was heard today in rehearsals... With Take That, so I don't know if she's doing the whole tour, but oh. she was there today.
0: It's a big commitment for an old lady. Oh, how old is she? Lulu, eight, she was week. She was around in the sixties, ninety. I don't know. I'm trying to remember. She's, she's on, not. She's, she's not that old. She's on the
1: Office death list. I mean, she's old. I've, I've
0: been updating the Office death list, which is the people we think are going to die shortly. Mm-hmm. That remember. is
1: part of your job, though, right? <laughs> this is not. Oh no,
0: no, no! Just, this is something I do to pass the time. <laughs> no, it is part of my job. We have um, prepared packages, like what we are called the prepared obit packages, mm-hmm. ready to go, so that people that have got a lot of story about them. Did you know Lulu was married to one of the fucking Bee Gees? Yeah. Why did I not know that? No, no. Do you know that I was born on the same day as one of the Bee Gees? <laughs> not the same actual day. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know I'm as old as a Bee Gees? Lulu's 70. Yeah. I thought she was
1: possibly older, but yeah, that's about right, I guess. Yeah, okay. Well, she looks and sounds great. Right. So, So, yeah, so she came out. It was good. They did a song they haven't sung for a long time—the one they did with the with Boys to Men that collaboration. They sang that "Love Ain't Here Anymore." I was like, "Oh my God, Boys to Men are gonna come out!" They didn't.
0: Boys to Men are here quite soon. Actually, we need to chase that up. Yeah. They're playing at the what I always refer to as the Hammersmith Odeon, which is called the Hammersmith Apollo. It's the Eventim Apollo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always be the Odeon to me. It's
1: Hammersmith. Right. Yeah. So it was great. It was really good. Wasn't your usual crowd, but they loved it. It's given me a nice little taste. They didn't perform for long enough. It's given me a nice little taste of a tour. And also, Howard's been doing a lot of TV. So, a lot of people have been catching him at TV studios as well. And just that kind of chasing, take that around London thing yeah, is, you getting know, your, excited. Your heart rate going yeah, up. And... I'm really looking Excellent. forward to it.
0: So, you're now a week away, aren't you? From yes. when this goes out, you're A week, a week away. away,
1: yeah. A week away, f- yeah, from when this goes out, from the, our first date in Sheffield. So, um, Elvis is just finding away his way off the sofa, so let's let that happen. Good boy. There we go. That's very gentle.
0: So going to have five minutes of Elvis tapping around the wooden floor.
1: He'll go and sit on the mat. There we go. Good boy. He's going to smell if the cat's out there. So, we're a week away from the first... He's not. He's going to bark at the neighbours. A week away from the first day... <coughs> of tour <laughs> in Sheffield I cannot fucking wait Ca- Gary keeps saying I know we've done big shows before but this is like nothing we've ever done before and I'm like how can they top the circus mm.
0: how can they top that I think I kind of miss that excitement because I get told and shown a lot of things in advance yeah which I love I love the feeling know of you knowing do. that yeah. I know stuff mm. and it's <laughs> Um, so, yeah I quite like knowing that I know stuff but then mm. I can't tell anyone yeah like at all no nobody at all no it, she doesn't even tell me and so I, it kind of not that it would mean anything
1: to me I'd be like oh that's nice
0: it slightly <laughs> ruins that sense of anticipation on opening night for me yeah not that I won't, don't enjoy it well actually I say that last year opening night I I saw the opening show of the tour and I I didn't enjoy it like <laughs> I really didn't enjoy it to the point where I avoided Danny after the show. Oh,
1: I remember you saying this. Was like, Why though?
0: I what if he asks me what I thought and I can't I can't lie to him and I really, really didn't Why enjoy, didn't you it. enjoy and it. And I was though? just wasn't feeling it at oh, all. No. And I was doing some live Snapchats and I was being not the girl was kind of like, oh, not sure about this. Oh not How's sure about that. And then Wahlberg watched all my Snapchats and I felt really bad. And then I woke up the next morning and I'd got my period and I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I was such a miserable bitch and I hated everything they did. Oh, and I went the next so night, and it was brilliant. Funny. And then I went, I'd seen Danny before the show and i said to him, no, I just, you know, I wasn't failing
1: feeling myself,
0: but this is why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh. And that's why I had avoided you.
1: Isn't it amazing how that can make such a difference? Yeah. If Especially, I've, I
0: mean, I've been... Tra- i travelled a long... I can't remember... And you were my... jet-lagged. But it was a long old journey to get there. And we'd had a couple of days running around and doing bits and pieces. But yeah, it's... Um... Oh. I'll, I'll
1: admit that the first night of Wonderland, which was the last Take That tour, I was like, oh. Because we queue up to get in the front row. It was right after the Manchester bombing. It was the first gig... Like so the Manchester bombing happened on a Tuesday. Yeah. And everything was cancelled after that. So take that had three dates on the I think it was the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and we were due to go on the Thursday night or the Friday night. And they were cancelled. And then the following Monday was the first day that people were having Mm. gigs again. And so we went to Sheffield that night and there was fucking security everywhere, cops with guns. I know that won't like shock American people, but in England it's quite unusual to see that so the security was really heightened and blah 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 and we queued from the time we were allowed on site because then they had ramped up all the security on what time we could go on site and stuff like that and we got inside and we were at the front and it was an it was in the round rather than having a main stage and once we we were like oh this is great we're really really close this is wicked but then the band came up out of the floor And where we were stood, we were just facing a drummer. Oh, no. Like, I mean, a guitarist, you can kind of see around. But there's (laughs) There's Donovan on his drums. (laughs) And so I felt a bit like oh and then they i mean they really played to the audience in the seats because all the show they had they had loads of theatrics going up on wires high in the sky which were too high for us to see from where we were and then they had during shine they put all these inflatable petals out which completely obstructed our view so (laughs) the first night i was like this is shit i mean i got to touch gary i got to touch mark what have you but
0: you won't get in the full experience. No, I was
1: like, this is a wank. Like, honestly, this is the worst Take That show ever. And then after I kind of made my peace with the fact that you have to either go, I'm going to sit in the seats and enjoy the entire the
0: atmosphere the and the experience, and, exactly,
1: yeah. or I'm going to be close enough that I can get spat on. You kind of have to make that cool. <laughs> I mean, and... I'll
0: come with you in the seats and spit at you if that's what <laughs> it's all about. Gonna... Well, I really, really, really... For a way to persuade me to go and see Take That... That, was, the, that, would be the that way. was what you should have led with.
1: <laughs> I really want us to go and see them together on this tour, Zoe. I don't. I, and your I friend really Claire tried. wants to come too. I
0: said, don't bring Claire into this emotional she
1: battle. She sent me a message, which I cannot find, saying that so my... So it's made up then? No, it's not. It's on here. She said, oh, you're making me want to go and see Take That live again. And I was like, yes, we need to make this happen. So it's going to be the last tour for a long time. Oh, she's followed up. I said last tour for ages, and she's gone. I know.
0: Come on. Um, we've been through this. I know. Literally can't fit it in. Not if we intend to carry on recording a podcast at any point. Honestly, this podcast is really getting in the way <laughs> of it's my social really life in my life. <laughs> 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 right. So that's. Uh, three hours of talking about take that okay we have um, a little break i'm um, take
1: that it out i'm not i'll (laughs) never be take that it out but i just had to fill you in it was wicked
0: no we knew you that was what you were going to start with all along i feel like i haven't even told you drag my my ass two and a half hours from work to your front door just to make me listen to you talk about Wow.
1: i mean you could have had 60 million texts instead. (laughs) Okay, fair point. (laughs) Okay, Okay. let's have a
0: break and we will be back after this little bit of music. Okay, so your boy band. So this
1: week, my boy band is a surprise. Oh, I'm surprising Zoe this week. I'm fairly certain she's going to guess who it is, possibly in the first sentence... Oh, i don't know it's me <laughs> <laughs> i haven't deliberately done it that way but i have there are some clues on dates and a couple of th- Wait, if we're gonna do
0: this every week we really need a bell like a quiz show bell like ding 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 ding.
1: i know to, the boy come band in. yeah okay yeah that's not a bad idea okay. I, we can't do it every week because you'll do a new edition one week and i'll be like <laughs> i've known of this and or then you'll mention, see. <laughs> you'll mention their songs and i still don't know still don't know okay
0: so. We're gonna have at some point. We're gonna to have to do two boy bands. When we get to the tinier ones, we're gonna do a boy band off every week, like boy mm. band top trumps. Yes. Did your boy band have five That's members? Band idea. I like yeah, now a invent idea. a set of boy band top trumps cards. Oh well, this is what One. Zoe does. She's the great, ideas people. Great accompaniment to the podcast. We can do it as part of our Patreon. It can be our mini every week, just playing top trumps. <laughs>
1: it's a bit like Would You Rather. We enjoyed that. <laughs> As did our audience. Right, I'm launching into this week's boy band. Okay. Excited. Formed in 1997, this boy band were put together by the same team who created the Spice Girls five yes i, <laughs> I knew can't it. Believe
0: you're doing five I know. i'm so jealous i'm doing five you can't believe you i went five. through
1: i went through shall i do another level i looked at them i looked at blue i looked. i thought about jls and i was like i really really i was like i'm gonna do one i really want to do and i okay, really yeah, want to no. do five so i've watched a lot oh of my five God. stuff i week. have you
0: yeah i need you to link me up on all the five okay. bits and pieces okay Go then. So they were put together by we're the same so team <laughs>
1: who created the Spice Girls, which was father and son team Bob and Chris Herbert. Uh, an ad was placed in the stage,
0: which is a magazine. It's a magazine for actors and actresses. There we go. It's side, Sidebar. It's been, the stage has been going for probably 150 years. And when I was doing my family history research, the way I'd track where my actors and actresses were moving around London and how I figured out when they, you know, my great, 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 whatever, grandmother and grandfather split up was because they'd advertise their services in the stage. It'd be actress available for character parts, plays, age range, blah, blah, blah. And then it'd be actor available for comedic roles. And the addresses would be different. That's how I figured out when they split up. So so as well as the advertising, like, we have a role for someone to do this. I don't know that it's still now, but Mm. back then it used to be, Kind of, I'm available to take parts in, you know, rep theatre, or I, I've I've played at the Theatre Royal, and I'm out of service now. You know, for the summer season, yeah, for for getting jobs. Yeah, Yeah.
1: that's so cool. So, an ad was placed in the stage for a new boy band with attitude and edge. The ad received over three thousand applications, including allegedly one from Russell Brand. Oh, I didn't delve any deeper on that.
0: When when was Russell? MTV phase. Do we? It would have been after this, wouldn't it? I expect because he so. kind of did the MTV thing, the heroin thing, and then <laughs> the yes. comedian thing. Yeah, I think
1: the heroin thing. If you've have you read his books?
0: No. I think the heroin
1: thing came first. Oh, okay. But I'm not sure. I can't remember. They're good books, though. I would recommend them. So they narrowed the field down from three thousand to fourteen, and then down to the final nine. This was going to be my next clue, but obviously you know who it is. (laughs) The boys were called Peter, Paul, Jason, Anthony, Scott, Sean, and then there were two Richards and a Rick. Oh.
0: Would you have got it from those names? No. Because you didn't use the name Jay.
1: No, I said Jason. (laughs) Anthony was a rapper, but he was dropped after his Northeastern accent could be heard during his rapping. I guess he must have been a Geordie. Uh, Rick couldn't make the final audition. he's too busy.
0: And <laughs> Good call, really, Rick, mate. And then, call in, Rick, and tell us how you feel about that decision now. Yes,
1: I can find his surname, actually. I didn't write it on here, but <laughs> we'll find that. So, And then Peter and Paul didn't make the cut in the Cause end. Because they
0: were busy being two little dicky birds I'm, sitting on
1: a wall. Correct. But the, what had happened at the audition is the five guys that ended up as five... I feel like I shouldn't say five, like it's still a secret. <laughs> they actually had organised themselves into a group in the audition and were like, look, look at us, we're a, we're a good yeah. five. So they'd kind of done that on the other people's behalf. I bet the others felt victimised.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit shady.
1: But... So the final five were Jason, Jay. Scott, Sean, and then the two Richards. But because there was Richie, Neville abs went by his middle name so richard breen his middle name was abedin so he went by abs just to make life easy so we've got jay scott sean richie and abs the band was quickly signed by simon cowell and bmg slash rca for a six album deal which shows that a proven track record from the management yeah
0: but i haven't done a few of these now like it didn't come up last week, but big fun had has been signed for a five or six okay, album deal. Yeah. That that's the kind of they try and tie them in so that they're committed for that long term thing. Right. In case they are a massive success, they then own them. So, I see. Yeah, that makes yeah.
1: sense. That makes that makes a lot of sense. So, Bob Herbert, the management. I'm going to touch on this. He was born in Brentford, so he's localish. He qualified as an accountant. Now, this is really, I thought this bit was really interesting. It's interesting for me because it's local, but it's interesting because of the names that come up. So, he was born in Brentford, he qualified as an accountant and first got involved in the music industry in 1985. He took a liking to Matt and Luke Goss, who were twin friends of his son Chris when they were pupils together at Collingwood School in Camberley.
0: Oh, so Chris went to school with Matt and Luke? Oh, wow.
1: Although the twins were only 15 then. He, they had formed their own pop group called Gloss. Was that one that came up? No. With Craig Logan.
0: No, That, that hadn't come up. We need to look at that. And it see. definitely wasn't one of the names that, was, that I found was in my research. It it be no. Because I could see where Gloss, because Gloss is the amalgamation of Goss and Logan, yeah, isn't it? Like
1: exactly. So he realised that the blonde looks of Matt and Luke could be exploited to market a group <laughs> that could be the 80s answer to <laughs> exploited the basic Rollers. such
0: a... Well, he, the t- he saw the success word, yeah. of the
1: Bay City Rollers. That's right. And he, that's exactly the right word, exploited. So he offered gloss advice and provided, well, this is again alleged, provided rehearsal space for them in his summer house. It's said that he introduced <laughs> them to songwriters. like a Victorian yeah, Financed their early demo tapes and plotted their route to success, it's said. So that was that's a little touch on the management. So by mid-94... They had auditioned 600 applicants in a search for a girl group and then whittled the lineup down to Mel Brown, Jerry Halliwell, Victoria Adams, Leanne Morgan, who was replaced by Melanie Chisholm, and Michelle Stevenson, who was replaced by Emma Bunton. So the Spice Girls were first called Touch, but then Spice was considered better after a while. Mm. They were like, oh, that shit.
0: So, did they kind of champion or lead the way in the putting these groups into a house? So that yes. all they're doing is focusing... Because this is way before Lou Perlman ever did yes. like, the well, Lou Perlman boot camp Mid-94. So the, the, Backstreet Boys were probably, probably doing that around the then. same time. Yeah. yeah, okay.
1: But yeah, he bunged the Spice Girls into a house together, I think in Maidenhead. I think that's where they were. But they um, decided in 97 to revert to their original boy band master plan. So they'd had the success of the Spice Girls. And then Bob had said, we decided to put an ad in the stage newspaper as we had done when we were auditioning for the Spice Girls.
0: How did they lose the Spice Girls? Was it was this the thing where Jerry Halliwell got everyone together and they went and signed up with Simon Fuller and kind of did the dirty on the people that had set them up? i Am I getting say, that wrong? I'm
1: going to say that sounds familiar to me, but yeah. I haven't watched the Spice Girls documentaries for a very long time, but that sounds right, because that's right, they went on to Simon Fuller, who yeah. took them to Simon Cowell, etc. Yeah, okay. So on the 10th of May, 97, Five were, did the, exactly that. They were moved into a house together in, I believe it was Camberley in Surrey. They were the subject of an episode of the TV show Neighbours from Hell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's that about, eh? So,
1: <laughs> it's, it's me basically talking through my life. So, yeah, it's, it's absolutely horrifying, actually, when you watch it because... The neighbours were like they were so loud, they were so disrespectful, they just shouted all day long, they ran up and down the stairs, they were fighting all the time, they'd shout down the road and they got the guys together in the street and they were like, This is what we used to do and a couple of the guys would walk up the street and Joe would be like, Hi, hey, can you buy some milk while you're up there? Like down the street of this country lane. Campbell Campbell's
0: fairly posh. Yeah, it's it is. Commuter, middle class. Yes it is very and they're, they're quite young here aren't they because it, it wasn't abs he was 15 or
1: 16 I think it? yeah so I think that um Jay was the oldest at about twenty twenty one, and the rest were all Sean was the youngest I think he was 15 so the rest of them oh you know yeah, been...
0: Sean I remember talking in the um the big reunion stuff yes. about how Jay took him under his wing yes yeah because he was a bit, a, a a bit baby. younger yeah, yeah.
1: So that after they'd had all these complaints and a lot of pressure from the council and the police had been called, uh, yeah, it was really, really bad, they got moved into a larger detached house in Lightwater. Now, that's where the village I grew up, uh, but I don't grow up there, no, that's a lie. Now, that's the village that I lived in for a long time, and they lived on a street called the Willows, which, again, really quiet, leafy street, very nice, large house. I mean, fuck knows who these landlords were who accepted them in there. They must have offered them a lot of money. Uh, they actually used to go into the shop in the village where my brother worked and buy fags and um, booze and my brother would ID them. A
0: health-conscious guys, so, then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> always been really into their keep fit.
1: They practised and demoed their work at the Trinity Studios in Knapp Hill. Again, really local for anyone who knows the area. Which was the same place the Spice Girls had used. And in November of that year, 97, they released their first single, Slam Dunk Defunk." Yeah. Which I'm sure you remember. So that's really fast. They were put together in ninety seven. They moved into a house in May, and in November, their first single came out: "Slam Dunk Defunk." Slam Dunk Defunk, which debuted at number ten in the UK Singles Chart. It was also released in the US in nineteen ninety eight, but it had a little. It had very little chart success, although it was chosen as the NBA's new theme song. Oh, makes sense. Slam Dunk, Defunk. In 98, Five earned their first major international hit, When the Lights Go Out. You're, Maybe yeah, I was going to say, you'll be singing yeah. all these songs. So that crack, cracked the US top 10 and earned gold status there soon after. They then went on an eight-day tour to promote their upcoming album, appearing in a concert special for the Disney Channel, fucking Disney, with Just Irish keep girl group... Keep your group.
0: hands off my fucking boy band, Disney. Uh, so they I weren't... like them dirty. <laughs>
1: So they did this concert special with Irish girl group Bewitched in Times Square in New York City, and that was on TRL.
0: Bewitched were huge in the States.
1: Oh, they were huge. Just, were they? Yeah,
0: it's the Irish thing. So you know how everyone so weird. in the States thinks, thinks happens, they're Irish. an Irish connection. Mm. Yeah, as, as far as I'm aware, Bewitched were like massive. When I was doing the pointing for the boy band charts, and you go on to, I think it's Aria, yeah, uh, or uh, Rhea r-i-a-a their website which lists the albums that have made platinum so and it's all done in order of right. you know this band mm. had you know went platinum 52 times Bewitch were surprisingly high up in that's that. amazing I
1: mean. that is amazing and this 97 would have been peak Bewitch, yeah
0: and all the denim you could possibly want in the states <laughs> the-,
1: <laughs> the five's debut album five Peet's
0: imaginative at
1: original Peaked at number 27 in the US Billboard 200 no in the US Billboard 200 and topped the charts in other countries including the UK. It's the things you do was released in late 98 in the US only to receive a lukewarm reception. Oh. They did a US 2. They didn't. we do we recording this in the evening again guys which you might <laughs> notice we're very tired. They did a US tour with Sync. Oh, I've heard of them. Yeah. But soon after, they pulled out due to exhaustion. Flying back to England to rest and start
0: work on a new album. <laughs> kind of. I feel them. I absolutely feel them. <laughs> like, really. Well, we'll get to that later. <laughs> because like, they... you want a tour with InSync Like, so I'd rather
1: nap. Yeah, I'd rather nap. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that later because they've spoken out about that a lot after after the, the band ended. Spoiler. <laughs> So, still from the first album, Got the Feeling, Everybody Get Up, and Until the Time is Through were all released as singles in the UK throughout '98. They reached the top five in several countries around the world, and Everybody Get Up and Until the Time is Through both went to number two in the UK. I don't
0: remember Until the Time is Through. I think I do. Normally, when I you say the title, immediately the in song's your head, playing like, got in the my feeling. head. Everybody yeah. get up,
1: yeah. We'll listen to it after see okay. if you recognise it. A significant part of why they were so popular was because they were so similar to American boy bands like New Kids on the Block, Backstreet Boys, In Sync, because they were like up tempo, up tempo, and they had a bit of a street image. In contrast to, and it says here and I'm obviously going to have a problem with this, in contrast to Take That, Boyzone, and 98 Degrees, who at the time were primarily known for their ballads, which
0: isn't fucking true. <laughs> Sorry, Do What You Like is not a ballad. Oh, maybe they're just talking about 98 Degrees, who at the time, not all of them, just that specific. It might be a bad punctuation.
1: Oh, I see what you're saying. I don't think that's what they're saying, but I <laughs> no, thank you for the that. save, yes. <laughs> they said also that... Um, Five also wrote or co-wrote almost all of their own songs, something boy bands had never done much of until then. I think Gary Barlow might argue. Uh, Should we ring him? (laughs) Yes, let's. According to Simon Cowell, Five almost broke the US. Unfortunately, they made some bad decisions. So when Simon Cowell heard the song Baby One More Time, he wanted Five to have it, but the
0: writer of the song, Max Martin, had given it to Britney Spears. So... Go on. No, no, no. I mean, Max Martin was a, so he was a, he's a Swedish producer, mm-hmm. went to the States and started this influx, massive influx of of poppy Pop. acts mm. being, using Swedish producers. He was the first one oh. kind of like, went out and did it first of all. But he did NSYNC and mm. Backstreet Boys. And Lou Pearlman was a, one of the first people to get Max Martin in to do that poppy boy band okay. stuff. Okay. And he used them on a lot. That's why a lot of NSYNC stuff sounds very similar to the Backstreet Boys. Right. Because it was all the same, it was the same team. Yeah, that makes sense. I remember when
1: NSYNC's first single came out and I just thought it was the Backstreet Boys, I just assumed it was, because it sounded exactly like them, which as we'll find out when we do the Backstreet Boys episode that, that's how they felt, that they their competition had been created by their <laughs> own team. Yeah. So yes, so Baby One More Time was given to Britney Spears.
0: How dare they?
1: Five were then later offered Bye Bye Bye. But when they heard the song, they dissed it and turned it down. Oh. They were like, no, nah, shit. <laughs> Simon Cow is quoted as saying, then they went out to Sweden a few weeks later to record a song which they famously turned down called Bye Bye Bye. And it really was Bye 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 after that. That would have been the record that broke them. I would have broken that band. I believe yeah.
0: him. I, I mean, I I believe him. Have you seen what he did with One Direction? I know, but that's slightly different. Is it? So One Direction is a completely different time because, and I was thinking about this the other day, mm. like if our boy bands had been around in a time when social media existed and you're not relying on other mediums mm. to for you to hear about music. Yeah. So we were very reliant on Smash It's putting a band in, Radio One playing a band, it going commercial and getting on TV to hear about yes. and to have access to our band. With the internet and social media, you're actually relying on finding people like you who'll go, Have you heard this? Do you like this? Yeah. And I d- so I think that fed much more into One Direction's success mm. than Simon Cow being a part of it.
1: Mm. I don't know. But then I didn't see anything of One Direction. After X Factor, they kind of vanished and suddenly it was like, oh, by the way, One Direction are massive. And maybe that's because I wasn't the target demographic that I didn't see that. But they kind of went to America and came back fucking yeah, huge. Yeah, but a
0: lot of that was because of... Social media. The social media activity that they, mm. they could see that So they, it started as a nugget in the UK and word of mouth reached and then mm. it hit the States and they'd be all these... They'd do like hashtag campaigns and things yeah. like that to promote them and that's why you knew to take them to the States. Yeah. Good. Sorry. Massive sides. Fine,
1: I don't mind. It's interesting
0: for me. On <laughs> Sorry, am I No no no, Did I just were... mean like out uh... the two of us you're the one that works in music and <laughs> I'm not. I just don't am I no contradicting No, things No no that you think? No, no, okay. no no no
1: no not at all. Not at all. I think it is interesting. I like hearing stuff like this because it's an interesting different perspective. Yeah, I just,
0: I just, I just yeah. think had we had social media, I agree. the levels of success of our boy bands. Not that they weren't successful. No, right? but uh, yeah, but, take that probably would have cracked America. Yeah, uh, and it would have been, it would have gone on for longer.
1: Yes, and we would be much more fucking obsessed. Right. I genuinely believe that. Yeah, I mean, I know everyone thinks we're obsessed, but I reckon it would have been worse. Well, you only
0: have to look at how our fan groups behave on social media now as adult women if you take that back to how we would have done that as teenage girls yeah you look at the obsession and the people that have to reply to their boy band tweeting regardless of what they're saying and if they've got anything valuable to contribute yeah they have to reply to it multiply that or put that into the cycle of teenage hormones and it would have been absolutely multiplied that's so true because when you look at i don't know how many
1: Twitter followers, for instance, Donny has...
0: A million and something, 1. 1.3, 1. So 1.4 I think million. Gary's
1: got 4 million, or 4, 4 point something i I'm trying million. to say
0: that your boy band's bigger than my boy band. I, well, yeah, but that's not <laughs> I'm what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mark and Howard have, have fewer, but Gary did The X Factor, and well, yeah, it, he's I a mean, bigger name.
0: He, Donny's the same because yeah. he um, has the acting, so right, doesn't. so. But when you look at how many followers
1: Zayn's got or Harry Styles has got... Oh, it's ridiculous. So you're right. Thinking of us as fans at our age, and we've we've given them 4 million, and Zayn's got, I don't know, however bonkers numbers. Yeah.
0: When I was picking the videos, and you know how I said to you if i can't decide on a video i'm just gonna go for the one with the highest views yeah the one direction videos have like a billion views it's ridiculous it's fucking mental like it looks and i was like that can't be right and then like the next one down's like oh so this one's only you know 50.2 950 million, million? yeah, yeah cool. fucking hell it's crazy um i've just checked donnie Woolbag has 1.4 million okay. followers
1: my boy band is better than her boy band We're not doing this now. (laughs) So on the 9th of August 1999, Bob Herbert was driving his red MGF through Windsor Great Park in Berkshire. Due to heavy rain, he suddenly lost control. The car spun and collided with another car, a silver Toyota Corolla. Bob's car then collided with a wooden fence. He had to be cut from his car by fire and rescue teams and was taken to a local hospital by air ambulance where he was pronounced dead on arrival. Just gone like that, done. So, I felt like that was important to mention, not that it ties it, into anything else, because I don't know how involved he still was at this point.
0: If they're in the hands of Cal, I would imagine, not massively, but it it plays into perhaps how they're affected later on. This is someone that was a mentor and a father figure mm-hmm. to them, so how later on... I mean, I know a little bit about the five-story. I don't want to jump the gun on on what you're about to tell us, but yeah. I know that they had some, you know, mental health issues each Mm. and that you know, there's there's always that thing about you never really stop grieving for something and if you don't allow yourself to grieve at the time it happens, which if they were busy being a boy band, Mm. they may not or they may have been trying to be a tough bloke be going like oh I'm not upset. Yes. And you bottle that kind of stuff up and it comes out later on and that so that this
1: It comes out later and it manifests itself in a different way, doesn't it? Yeah, so
0: this I mean this may have played a very big factor in the breakup and how the, it, they, the, the band eventually breaks down yeah so also that month the first single of
1: their second album invincible that's the album was released and that was the catchy dance tune if you're getting down
0: oh.
1: <laughs> so that became a major hit all around the world but again yet again failed to go to number one in the uk It was kept out of the top spot by Ricky Martin, and I want to say that's either "Living La Vida Loca" or "She Bangs." She
0: bangs. Yeah, not sure which of the two. I'm not that big a fan of Ricky to even know. No. Any any of his other songs. Although Ricky Martin, product of a boy band. Absolutely right. We should show him much more love.
1: Imagine if I'd done "Menudo" today.
0: (laughs) We would never have got through all the. the And we also wouldn't have been done by two a.m. when Sue gets home. That's true.
1: So finally, in October 1999, after three consecutive number two peaks, Keep On Moving became their first UK number one, as well as their biggest selling single to date. The second album hit the top five shortly thereafter. Don't Wanna Let You Go was released in March 2000. I almost said (laughs) 2000. For fuck's sake. I've got a problem with numbers. Peaking at number nine. On the 3rd of March 2000... Five opened the Brit Awards with Rock Legends Queen performing
0: an updated version of the band's hit We Will Rock You. I still remember that performance. Yeah. And this was probably at a time where I, I wasn't religiously watching the Brits like yeah. I used to do as a teenager, but I still remember that massive, on the Brits. It was massive, wasn't yeah. it? It was so wicked. Because we didn't know
1: Queen were coming out. Yeah. They came out and started doing this cover, and there was fireworks, and then Brian May appeared. Oh, it was wicked. So that night, Five won their first Brit Award, which was Best Pop Act, and their cover of The Queen's Song went on to become their second number one in the UK in July 2000. I mean, that took a while, from March till July. The first half of 2000, they were on a successful world tour and doing concerts in the UK, Europe, Russia, Australia, New Zealand, and as a foursome, South America, after Richie got chickenpox and had to be flown I back was to England. him! <laughs> After finishing the tour. Such child's <laughs> no. disease,
0: isn't it? It really is. Do you think they covered him in calamine lotion and put him on a plane? Know.
1: It's really bad when you're an adult, isn't it? To get you turn out. into
0: shingles, yeah, yeah, which can completely, totally devastate your nervous system. Oh,
1: fuck, that sounds horrible. So they continue to perform in the UK and they did Party in the Park with Queen they reissued Invincible, which included remixed versions of a couple of songs and five live tracks from their tour and a bonus track called Don't Fight It, Baby. Oh, I that sounds not too. Sounds rapey. Just,
0: just a little bit rapey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, it was due for release in July in the US, but it was pulled from release after the group was dropped by their. <laughs> after US label. Said, that
0: sounds a little bit rapey.
1: <laughs> no, they were dropped by their label in the US, Arista. Oh.
0: Fucking Arista. Right, part of BMG. Yeah.
1: Five also had problems with their Asian record company and, and ended up cancelling their Asian tour as well. They went back to the studio after this major blow.
0: Can I just say that as much as so, much as everyone goes, oh Simon Cow's amazing, so this is now two record companies from a band that he's looking after yeah. that have had such issue with his band that so they've gone, no, fuck it, we can't be on Also, asked. I kind of feel like he thought Bye 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 was a
1: massive hit the band laughed at it and said, no, we're not doing it. I mean... Well,
0: why not make them?
1: Right. And I know that goes against everything we've always said that we want in a boy band. Like, they should be able to be more involved and make their own decisions. But it is how
0: every other boy band has operated.
1: That's how they fucking make money. Yeah.
0: Anyway. We don't like Simon Cowan. No, we really tell. don't. We don't really <laughs> like
1: him, no. So they headed back to the studio and started writing songs for their next album, They carried on winning awards across the UK and Europe. And in December 2000, they launched their second big tour in the UK. In January 2001, they went to perform at one of the biggest festivals in the world, Rock in Rio, in Rio de Janeiro, to an audience of almost 500,000 people. I mean, they're
0: they're a big band at this point. Rock in Rio has always been huge as well. In May
1: 2001, after many months of creative writing and developing their own personal sound... Uh,
0: Sorry, that sounds a bit hippie retreat. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the third album was complete. King size, it was called. It sounds a bit wanky, doesn't it? It's a bit like we're getting a bit big for our boots now. We're calling our album King like They're size. trying to have like,
0: a, we're hard, we're still smoking,
1: and we've got big dicks. <laughs> when it was time to begin filming the video for their first single off the album, Sean was unable to appear. He was suffering at the time from a, a mental breakdown from stress caused by being part of the group. But this wasn't publicly revealed at the time, and it was claimed he was ill from glandular fever. Mm. So the Let's Dance video was released with a life-size cardboard cutout standing in. So I remember this at the time. He was not appearing on TV shows with them. Mm. They were going on as a and Everyone was like, where's Sean? As he left? And they were like, oh, no, 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 he's just not very well. And then they did this video with this fucking cardboard cutout, and he was a fucking joke. And that is... Really insulting. Yeah. And I think he did talk about that after, didn't he? Yeah, he
0: talked about it on the big reunion. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So
1: there were rumours at that point that he had left the band and they tried to quash them. Scott also needed some time off to be with his son because he was born premature. And so the remaining three members, Jay, Abs and Richie, pressed on with heavy promotion of the group's third album and the single, Let's Dance whilst performing at a concert in Belgium in the July, Ritchie tore the tendons in his left foot, putting a halt to all promotion. Because now that's down to two. Down to two members.
0: Um, Do you know how the girls call them Thieves? Threve. Like, you know, the, the reunion formation of five, yes. there's only three of them, they call threave. them
1: Threave, That's good, I like that. The promotion was halted, and the group had to have a few meetings to rethink their options <laughs> and their future. Let's Dance was released in mid-August 2001... And became their third UK number one and it was on the top spot for two weeks Kingsize the album debuted two weeks later at number three and went on to achieve gold status two weeks after the release of Kingsize the band announced that Sean had left okay Richie said in an interview several years later that the band's management kept Sean's departure from the band a secret so they were not aware he had left when they filmed the Let's Dance video. So they're there with the cardboard cutout going, oh, this is all a bit of a joke. Sean's going to love this when he comes back. Yeah. And he'd fucking left. No one had told them. On September the 27th, 2001, after a month of serious meetings with record management, the band announced on MTV Select that it was splitting after releasing a compilation later that year. The following day, Scott married his wife, Kerry, at a ceremony with all of his former bandmates in attendance. Years later, Abs revealed he had been strongly against the idea of splitting up. He described the breakup as feeling something had been taken from him. On the 19th of November 2001, A Greatest Hits was released, with 15 past hits, two remixes and one new song. On November the 24th, so five days after that, the double A-side single Closer To Me and Rock The Party was released in the UK. The two songs were included in the, on their previous album King Size, but after Sean's departure they decided to release it as a single from The Greatest Hits. The album was released in the US on the 15th of February, 2002. I mean, talk about fucking stringing it out. (laughs) In the band's short lifespan, they experienced success around the world, racking up three number one singles in the UK and selling an estimated 15 to 20 million copies of their records worldwide, including 7 million copies of their albums and 2 million in the United States. And obviously they picked up loads of awards along the way. So that's 2002. 2002. On the 17th of September 2006, an announcement was made via Five's official MySpace page. <laughs> Did you hear that MySpace has deleted like what? a bunch of people? Like something like there was a massive virus or issue with their cloud. I don't know, but they've deleted like six million songs of people's songs. Oh. you know MySpace was massive for music, yeah. wasn't it? There was a story last week. I'll find it after. So they announced on their MySpace page, oh, fucking hell, I can never say this.
0: Would you like, they've announced on, tell tell us what they announced on their MySpace page, Amy.
1: (laughs) A press conference was to be held at the Scala in central London on the 27th of September, which is the five-year anniversary of their split. After a... Oh, there's a venue change. They, they couldn't... There was a shooting at the Scala. Yeah. So it was mm-hmm. moved to the Bar Academy Islington. It was rumoured that four of the five members would be reuniting because Sean was now committed to a Sony deal that he had.
0: Oh, so he couldn't join back. Right.
1: Uh, and that was confirmed at the press conference, that the four of them were reuniting. So, four. Four. They were recording new material for what was to be their fourth studio album, working with Guy Chambers... Of Robbie, Robbie Williams, Williams fame. fame. Swedish producer slash songwriter Anders Bag, And French DJs Track Invaders. They also planned to tour in 2007. By January of 2007, they'd completed half of their album and were looking to be signed to a record label with a, with a new manager, Richard Beck, who also secured an MTV documentary series called Five The Revive.
0: Oh, how have I not found that on I don't YouTube? think I've
1: seen it either. We need to look into that as well. The album was expected to be released within the next few months. On the 8th of March 2007, at midnight, five premiered one-minute clips of three brand-new songs that would would have been on the new album. Dick teasers they, they can be heard on the band's official website and their MySpace page. On the 19th of May, only eight months after reforming and having failed to secure a lucrative enough record deal... Five announced via their website they would no longer be pursuing a comeback.
0: That's a bit Jonas. It is.
1: It is. It really is. And it was... They announced on MySpace they were coming back, and then on their website that they weren't. They always have to do it on different mediums. By 2012, Sean had reunited with his former bandmates to discuss the possibility of a second reunion. Jay (laughs) and...
0: Can't really call it a second reunion when the first one failed.
1: Well, I mean, they did get back together and write some songs, but they just didn't go any further They couldn't get a record deal okay. Jay initially was willing to take part in the re- reunion but later on he pulled out and the other members then said they would continue as a four piece okay so this
0: is Big this Reunion this is Big reunion. reunion yeah
1: the return was announced on the 18th of October 2012 and in 2013 the group took part in the Big Reunion where they talked about their time together and the difficulties that came with being in a band Scott also expressed his annoyance towards Jay's refusal of reuniting do you remember watching that on the Big Reunion yeah
0: and then I remember watching Series 2 where Jay was given his right to replace over That's right, well they talked about this as well. So in January
1: 2013, the group were looking to find a new member to replace Jay. They were also disagreeing over the group's name, Four. <laughs> 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 Should have just come to us. They auditioned three men to become the new member of the band. I always got the impression watching the big reunion that that was just
0: for the cameras. But well, the auditions yeah because yeah, one I'd of the t- guys couldn't even fucking sing yeah no one of them refused to sing they were like so you, what are you going to sing for audition he's like we're not singing in front of people and it's kind of like <laughs> that's the fucking job that's the job <laughs> oh that's so
1: good well, yeah I don't mind right. singing
0: with other people but not on my own well oh, yeah dude. that's not how it
1: works mate
0: the plan for a fifth also, member also Jay wasn't a singer he was a rapper he wasn't a...
1: he yeah well I mean he sang a bit as well but yes you're right he was a rapper <laughs> but Abs rapped too so they weren't missing it rapper-less. they weren't rapper <laughs> <laughs> anyway the fifth the idea for a fifth member was dropped after that and they decided to continue as a four-piece Jay eventually appeared on the big reunion in September 2014 to deny the accusations made by his bandmates because they had kind of accused him of being a bit of a bully yeah
0: so this is the bit I distinctly remember that that um who's the young one Sean Sean had basically said that he f- always felt intimidated and bullied by Jay. And Jay came back the next year to say, I don't know how he can say that, because when he was in the middle of having his mental breakdown, he rang me up and we moved him into our house yeah. and treated him like family. Yeah. That's what always broke me, that they, Jay didn't take part in the first big reunion, so they felt they had carte blanche to say what they wanted to say about him, like because they didn't have to pretend yeah. to like him anymore. Yeah. And then... He got given his right of reply and I was actually broken for him. It's like these were people that were his great friends and they're on national TV bitching about him and telling like spreading lies.
1: Well, the thing is, I can kind of see how they would think it's very easy to believe that Jay would be a bully because He's he a was big a personality right very... and he was the oldest one yeah and you know they probably did feel at times intimidated by him and that's what sean said yeah. he felt intimidated
0: but it may also some aspects of that might be just that they were still teenage boys and mm. had not quite developed their how do i argue back correct you know, you know what boys are like as well they don't fucking
1: communicate well yeah. and they it is all about bravado and not talking about how they feel they're yeah. feeling and all that sort of stuff, so so he said that he he acknowledged that he could be seen as loud and overbearing, but he denied bullying Sean during a meeting with abs. Jay explained that he had moved on and he didn't feel comfortable returning to five, so that was it. Jay was like, That's it, I'm done, line drawn, goodbye. Yeah,
0: in my past, I now do this, and
1: mm. in. September 2013, Five picked up the award for best music act on a reality TV show at the oh, national. Wait, wait, wait! At the national reality TV awards, <laughs> is that it's a thing? Yeah, it is. It's a
0: very it's specific a, award. Yes. Yeah, niche. In, in niche, November. I believe is the complimentary <laughs> word to use about it.
1: In November and December of that year, they embarked on their own tour in the UK and Australia, the Five Greatest Hits Tour. March 2014,
0: it was rumored. <laughs> Sorry. I, I know it's her name, it's like five. We've got five really good songs, so we're going to do a tour, and it's just based on these five, five greatest hits. hits. <laughs> By Four. <Fav. laughs>
1: in March 2014, it was rumoured that Abs had quit the group, but at the time, they denied it. Honestly,
0: these boys. I mean, people are going to know when he doesn't... Turn on up, stage that's right. In front of the big Four of banner.
1: So, in June, I think the thing is, is that they were like, oh no, he's just taking a break or whatever. So, in June that year, they supported McBusted on four dates of their McBusted tour. Now, I saw McBusted in 2014 and I don't remember five being their support. Maybe they weren't on one of your dates. But to be fair, i have never turn up for the support act, sorry. <laughs> I just don't. Um, for take that, I do because if we You want to be at the front? Yeah. Right. All Saints were great. We'll see how Rick Astley does this year.
0: If I can... Oh, Rick would get it. Anyway, sidetrack. Well, we definitely did the Rick would get it stuff last oh, week. Oh, yeah, did we? <laughs> yeah, if he's not got the message now, then... Fucking Rick Astley. We talked about how you nudged him in bed one morning. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did. Oh,
1: quick, let's move on. So, in in Ju- also in June, after they'd done their McBusted dates, Ab stated that the group's future was uncertain he then eventually announced he'd left the group in august august 2014 via twitter without telling the other guys beforehand (laughs) he's honestly
0: that's how i do it
1: (laughs) So bye, bitches in an interview a few days before the announcement abs revealed he'd only agreed to reunite with five because of financial necessity i believe this yeah the band has since continued as a three-piece in February 2016, they released another album entitled Keep On Moving, The Best of Five. I love it when they do this. So, they so are, we're up
0: now to three. We're down, we're three up, we're down greatest. to three. No, no, no. Oh, but three we're greatest hits. The
1: third greatest hits album. It's like okay. human nature. <laughs> yeah. So we're also now down to three members. Brief. So they are still continuing as three. You've Scott, Sean and Richie. I've
0: got... You can do Meet and greets. So Claire has done Meet and greets with five. And I think they're like 35 quid. And the guy that organises their meet and greets used to play football for AFC Wimbledon. Oh, that's so funny.
1: So I've got an update on post post five, even though five, post five, but still obviously three are going. There was an interview that Richie gave in November 2013 to one of the tabloids And he said, (laughs) I'm just so boring. (laughs) And he said, I'll give you the highlights. I won't read you the whole thing, but he said it was too much too young. It was like strapping ourselves to a rocket and being dropped back down to earth five years later. It's taken a long time to get over it. So he, Richie said it was just so intense. For a start, our schedule was ridiculous. We'd work 18 hour days and literally go for years without a day off. He then goes on to say that he was talking to One Direction's manager a few days before this interview, who was their record label boss with Simon Cowell. And I said, One Direction have been going for a while now, but they still look so fresh. Why is that? And he replied, if they work through for four weeks, they get two weeks off straight. And Richie was like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, you what? I think if we'd done that, we'd still be going now. Mm -hmm. So... He thinks that the music business learnt lessons from the mistakes they made with Five. They think they were the guinea pigs. And they learnt that it doesn't matter how young you are, how much energy you have, there's only so much a person can take. No one can survive relentless travelling and only two hours sleep a night. Sometimes we'd work all day and then catch an overnight flight to the US. And they class that as our night's sleep. And as soon as we'd touch down, we'd be straight back to work.
0: I mean, I don't think they were the test for it was there because we've learned right. that it happened to the basic city rollers it happened to bros it happened to big Yes, Prime i r- think this is a narcissist talking here yeah. no i can see why he why he might think that if he's he not there first he's not as much of a boy bandologist <laughs> as we are and knows he, he is definitely outs, isn't but you know it's it's actually it's the blueprint that's yeah. how they boy bands get treated by the record companies yes so in jay's right to reply
1: interview he had also mentioned that he had attempted suicide yeah and it says the fallout from the breakdown of five was brutal as well as jay overdosing and richie moving to the other side of the world because he went to australia because he just wanted to get away abs endured drunk drunks he abs endured drinks drugs bankruptcy and self-harm i was ready to die he says I was at a gig and smashed a bottle of wine. I saw blood and this sharp piece. I remember slicing myself, just cutting myself quickly, man. It was like trying to get out of this skin. While I was partying, I met this wealthy woman. She gave me a place to stay. It was party central. I'd wake up in the morning and my breakfast would be every drug and every drink. I had weed hanging out of my mouth and cocaine all over me. It was pathetic. So that's abs. Mm. Meanwhile, Sean suffered a nervous breakdown. Obviously said to be because of Jay's constant put-downs. And then Scott said that he had himself had been on the edge and he just went off to be a house husband. Yeah. So he was he like, I'm just staying home the with best... the kids. Like he Oh, and... a stable family environment. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So anyway, Abs went on to do Celebrity Big Brother.
0: Okay.
1: When he was questioned by Emma Willis on his way in, why are you doing this? He said, I need the money. I mean, he literally is the epitome of no pots to piss in. Yeah, absolutely but no pots th- of piss again,
0: in. Again, as we've seen, that's how they get treated. Yeah, like they expect because they're working all these hours and selling all these records, yeah. that they're, they're quite wealthy. And when the you know the door slams shut on them, yeah. that and they get their bills and their you know the receipts from the record company, it's actually like you're not even making minimum wage. That's, no.
1: Exactly, exactly right. It was speculated he was offered £100,000 to go in Celebrity Big Brother. You'd do it, wouldn't you? Yeah. You'd do it for that, yeah. So while he was in the house, he really struggled to socialise and integrate with the housemates. And he made headlines around the world when he confessed in the dye room that he suffers from Asperger's, which is, well, you know what it is. On
0: the autistic spectrum.
1: It's, yeah, a neurological condition that can cause the sufferer social anxiety and affect speech and communication. He did hit it off in the house, however, with Dustin Diamond, oh Screech, <laughs> Mario Falcone, and Charlotte Crosby. No, Screech does porn now, don't you? Yeah, I don't want to talk about okay, it. Cool. Have you seen it? No. Why have I always fucking seen it? <laughs> Uh, so the, the viewers fell in love with him. I remember watching it because I love Celebrity Big Brother. Everybody loved him. And he came second behind Charlotte Crosby. So bless him. So that was Abs. Meanwhile, Sean. After Five broke up in 2001, Sean had begun pursuing a solo career as an R&B, jazz and soul singer and pianist in the Cafes of London and was signed to a recording contract. When he had first auditioned for Five, his dad, who was called uh, Dennis Conlon, he contacted Bob Herbert and asked him to to consider Sean. Sean was initially refused because he was only 15 and they wanted 16 and up. But as he was the only boy out of the 3,000 applicants that played his own composition at the audition, they said yes. So he then became the second group member to sign a solo recording deal with Sony and began to work on a new album. So this was the thing that stopped him from reuniting with Five For the, the first time around. Yeah. No, Wolf. the first, the first, oh. the fake reunion. Four. the The small reunion. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, 80 <E-B. laughs> Yeah. Soon after the work had begun on that album, though, he was dropped by the label. He did co write the boy's own song Let Your Wall Fall Down for their fourth studio album, Brother, which was released in 2011. I don't either, no. And in March 2012, he auditioned for the first series of The Voice UK, but he didn't make it through to the next round.
0: Oh.
1: I remember watching it and it was gut wrenching to watch. Oh, really? Yeah, it was awful. He played piano and sang, and then he turned around because it was in the days where they turned round regardless yeah. if no one pushed. And it was like, oh, it's so cringe. So then after that, he reunited with Five for the big reunion. In 2006, Jay had joined up with three of the former bandmates. So that was Scott, Ritchie and Abs for a planned relaunch, which we spoke about earlier. And then they zipped it. And then we know what happened after that. He was a contestant. I don't know if you remember this on the seventh series of I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. I definitely know that I watched that series because Christopher Biggins won and Janice
0: Dickinson came Christopher second. Biggins was sev- in the seventh series. Did he did another celebrity reality before that? He might
1: have done Big Brother, CBB maybe. I remember
0: when I worked at the Mirror, Christopher Biggins was a, one of the first celebrities to do reality TV and my night news editor was really good friends with Christopher Biggins. Oh, that's
1: hilarious. Well, I don't think I'm a Celebrity was that big the first few years. I don't know. I didn't watch it. You carry on.
0: I'm, so I'm... Jay
1: came in third, anyway, on that one. And I think that's pretty much it. Richie Neville hooked up with Natasha Hamilton from Atomic Kitten during the big reunion. They had a kid together. They then separated. She's with someone else now. Did you not know that? No. What's his face all about? Yeah, they had a kid together. You
0: know I don't really do that kind of heat yeah. magazine, celebrity gossip type stuff.
1: I mean, I'm surprised in the industry you work in. <laughs> I know. It's but... just... It's... So, yeah, so that, basically, is five. Three. Three. Any questions?
0: No. I i don't quite know how we're going to work this now, because I haven't had an opportunity to point them. Well, we're going to have to go away and do that now. Okay. It's good. It's an interesting. I am quite familiar with the five story already, but mm. the little bits in there that I wasn't aware of. The early days. And their music. It's, yeah. It's so even though I wasn't a massive fan at the time, Mm. there's so many of those records you're like, I love that one. Oh my God, that's the, the... and you, yeah. like I said earlier, you just need to hear the song title Yeah. and you're already singing it. Yeah. So. Well,
1: 2000-2001 was peak nightclub time for yeah. me. So And I would go to the cheesy nightclubs, not the R&B oh, yeah, ones. absolutely. And they always played five songs. Yeah. You know, it was five, S Club 7, you know, all those <laughs> kinds of things. And, yeah, I mean, I took an interest because they lived in my village. And I was always like, yeah. oh, there's a boy band in my village. And then when Slam Dunk The Funk came out, I was like, oh, that's them. I might point out that I live in a village of... I lived in a village of 2,000 houses. Never once met them. <laughs> <laughs> never even saw them. So, obviously, I, thought I was They were too really busy. loud. When I found out they lived in the Willows, I took a drive down there, but I don't know if they still lived there then. Oh. I went for a look.
0: Disappointing. You could have be been married to one of five. Well,
1: if I had been... You put the effort in, eh? Yeah, well, this is it. If I had been more of a stalker fan back then, I probably would have done that. But I didn't. I only developed that in the last couple of
0: years. (laughs) Which one of five would you like to meet?
1: Scott. Jay for me. Or Abs, maybe. I think I might have met Abs. Have I? I think maybe we worked on an event with Abs once, but I don't know if I actually met him. But yeah, Yeah. I think Scott. Which one you? Jay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just always had a thing for Jay. Yeah, me too. And he's an interesting character as well. Yeah. Yeah. What about Short and all, Richie? I'm not
0: bothered. No. Not really.
1: Unless you're listening, boys, and then we would like to interview you. We'd
0: love to meet you for an interview. Yeah. Their,
1: their they show don't... is the 18th of April at the Clapham Grands, their rescheduled
0: show. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. It's a Thursday yeah not happening i think they're on at midnight as well (laughs) yeah absolutely unless i get home from work sleep and then i start my working day at the midnight yeah okay i mean that's possible (laughs) it's the only way to do it what were you gonna say they just so the step back tour Mm. just announced a load of new dates Mm. and five and nine one (gasps) one and um yeah
1: we I'm, love I, In fact, I'm
0: going to pull up the let's cut the dead air and I'm going to put up the step back tour stuff now. Do you know what? You've got um, spaghetti and meatball sauce on your chin. If <laughs> <laughs> you only just noticed it. Now I've peered around the microphone. Zoe's
1: yeah, like, oh, so got sauce on her chin. I'm going to hit pause because I'm going to piss myself. Oh, okay, okay, go.
0: Okay, so it's the tour I was talking about. It's the step back. Nineties versus noughties, And they're playing throughout October and November and they are in Manchester, Sheffield, Wembley, Cardiff, Nottingham, Newcastle, Birmingham, Liverpool, Glasgow, that place that starts with MK that I can't say, Bournemouth, Brighton and Leeds and the boy bands that feature
1: Can I just say I love how they're all cities apart from
0: Wembley <laughs> <laughs> Because London's too vague. Uh, five, E17, Blazing Squad, and 911. Mm. So it should be a good little show. There's others like, so Bewitched. It, it varies from venue to venue as to exactly which bands you'll get, so you won't necessarily get all the boy bands. Oh. Uh, Bewitched are at some, um, Big Brothers, Fat Man Scoop. Oh, I hate him. Uh, S Club. Oh. I think S Club are down to three now, I aren't they? they? Are, yeah. And Atomic Kitten. Okay. I don't know if it's the Atomic Kitten with Kerry still. Don't
1: know. Wow. When? What date is that? Wembley.
0: So uh, the Wembley. Let oh, me pull up the website again. The Wembley one is on November the first. Okay. It's gonna be a midweek that I can't do, isn't it? Probably. <laughs> it's all right. We. It's fine. Let's and again, we're doing our diaries on the podcast. Doesn't tell you the day of the week on the web. I hate when yeah. people do that. You've got concert dates and it doesn't tell you what. They probably do it like. on purpose. It's a Friday the first. So that you book it and then you're like, oh I can't go. I'm it's work. a Friday, the first of okay. November. Tickets
1: are only but £35 each. What? I am working on the second. Oh. Saturday the second, big event day. So yeah. Okay,
0: so I'm gonna do some pointing for the yes. boy band you surprised me with. Yes. And we'll be back right after this with their position on the boy band chart.
1: So, during this section, you're going to have to contend with a very snory Elvis. (laughs) I don't know if you can hear him, but he is snoring big. (laughs) It is very
0: late. It's way past my bedtime, and Elvis is is much younger than me. It's 25 to 10. Okay, how's the scoring? Doing really well. So, on their um, UK chart positions and sales, and also in the US, they get far more points than I ever imagined they were together for five years. Their reunion, they've been together for six. Um, we give them six points for style. They didn't have a massively distinctive look no. about them, but they weren't cringy in no, what they was used just to a wear. Casual. Like, yeah, street boys. Yeah. So um, they lose two points because they're now Thrive. <laughs> uh, they get good points for songwriting and also their. Outside of the boy band careers, we have yeah, Big Brother, okay. I'm yeah, a Celebrity, yeah. so they do pretty well. It puts them at number three oh. on the ultimate boy band chart. Do you so, a rundown? Uh, our rundown is number one, staying hard and strong, the Tartan Army, number one's <laughs> the Bay City Rollers, number two, we are solely responsible for their reformation, it's the Jonas Don't Brothers. Know this. Uh number three is three four five. <laughs> number four is my first boy band, Bros. Yep. Bros got nominated this week for the so the documentary got nominated for three awards this Amazing. week. Amazing. Yes. Uh number five is an Australian boy band, who'd have thought human, human nature. nature. Number six is LFO and number seven is Big Fun.
1: Great. Yeah. So exciting! It's starting to take shape. It is starting to take shape. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any surprises in that order? Do you think? I. I mean, other than the fact we knew nothing about the basic rollers,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think the basic rollers are going to be holding up that top end of the chart for quite a while. For a while, yeah. Yeah, because they record sales and things like that. They did amazingly well, so I think they're going to stand fast until you and i are ready to get our teeth into some of the bigger boy bands Yeah, until we're ready to do the beatles yeah the i think jonas being at number two although against who they're against maybe not so much but mm. i'm still shocked at jonas at number two what,
1: how well they've done yeah right i maybe that's because they you didn't were, know that much about them yeah they're again. way
0: way past my my boy band peak yeah yeah so, but no, it's shaping up well.
1: Yeah, good. We're, and we'll, Jonas will need rescoring in a couple of years' time as well. <laughs> yeah, so we might give we might deduct points for fucking up our chart, ever
0: chart. <laughs> so next week is gonna be oh, it's gonna be Lou Pearlman week. Yeah, so we are gonna do a mini after we've watched uh, the boy band con, which we by
1: the time this podcast reaches you, we will have watched it.
0: Yes, yeah, so the it's come out on Wednesday, just gone. By the time this comes out. It comes out on the 3rd of April. Yes. We are terribly excited. We're going to watch it.
1: We're going to record. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we are the first time. Actually, are we going to watch it separately the first time?
0: I don't. I won't be able to come over on that.
1: Yeah, we'll watch it separately. And then. Simultaneously. Yes. Okay. We'll have to press play together. And
0: then we'll have a watch along where we make notes. Yeah. So I've been completely pre-gaming. I've listened to two brilliant podcasts this week. Swindled. The guy on Swindled has a really strange voice. Okay. And the start, the first ten minutes of the podcast talks about someone completely different. And I was like, oh, he's named this wrong. This is not about Lou Pearlman. <laughs> but it does go into Lou Perlman. Can you hear the dog? I can hear Elvis snoring really loudly. And the other one is... Where's my recently played? It is the Lou Pearlman story. And I think... What is the name of the Swindled episode? The Swindled episode...
1: I've got it, the mogul. Yeah. Okay. And what was the other one? It's just called
0: The Lou Pearlman Story. Oh, it came right. out a year ago. It, who's it by? Anyone we know? I. It. There's no name on it. But the the, the great thing about that one is they talked to Brian Burroughs, who's the guy that did that Vanity Fair article that first revealed about how everyone had their doubts over his sexuality and whether or not he was, you know interfering with his young acts. Is it that one? Yes, that's it. So it's a really
1: good one. Okay, it's only only 56 minutes.
0: Yeah, it's definitely worth it. Both of them are worth a listen. It's just whether or not you're going to be able to cope with the guy's voice in Swindled.
1: Hey, I made it through Dirty John with those (laughs) women's voices. I think I'll I'll be alright. Okay, and
0: also, so I've Lance is Out of sync, and the Lou Palman book, which is... Oh, it's cool! Oh, it's got a really good name. What is it called? Let me grab it out of my bag. Hang
1: on. It's, we can cut I'll just
0: the hit charade. Oh, it's so good!
1: It's uh, and so it funny. By
0: uh, Tyler Gray. Okay.
1: I love the pun, the hit charade. It's brilliant. So yeah, so we are we doing Lou
0: Pearlman boy bands next week? Yes, so we'll have a little mini. I mean the mini might be huge it depends on how much we've got to say about the film oh god it it's not it's going to be might, a maxi it might be four hours long I'm sure mm. and then yeah next week we're going to do I, I say at least two so there, uh, there's four minor Lou Pelman boy bands mm. that I think we can touch on mm-hmm. I think putting four into an episode is a bit much so mm. we'll definitely do two of them next week yeah not the biggies they're going to need to be at least two partners I think in sync mm. Backstreet Boys but we'll touch on a couple of the smaller ones yes Okay. Oh, we That's can't sexy. wait. We've just
1: been desperate to do Lou. No. <laughs> you know what I mean. I mean, speak for yourself, Amy. <laughs> you. Well, you know me. I've told, I've maintained from the beginning. I'm fucking obsessed with this man. <laughs> I'm a fucking obsessed with this man. So, yes,
0: okay. it is time. So what's going to get me through the weekend? Yeah. So what's going to get me through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday as well? I hope it comes out at midnight our time. Like I hope it's timed oh. by region so that we get it at midnight and then the whole of America's got to wait five hours for it not the whole of America well no just the <laughs> east coast <laughs> This time that would be amazing if it's yeah. not i will be good we need to have a word with Lance yeah come on Lance uh, don't forget that you can come and find us on twitter at i'm with no no, no that's not that's not right don't forget that you can come <laughs> and find us on twitter at the boyband pod on instagram at i'm with the boy band and on facebook there's a facebook page that's also i'm with the boy band it's just me
1: it's not me and you could, but you can email me at theboybandpod at gmail.com I will be sifting through all of our hundreds of emails, thousands of emails millions of emails and pulling out some good ones
0: and with the, this week there'll be a little mini at some point on the results of the Boy Band World Cup, we're recording this slightly too early to fit it into today's episode, so that will come out it may have even preceded this we may put it out earlier in the week but mm, you'll get the that's true. results <laughs> and then the next round of matches so, so yeah Uh, And don't forget, wherever you listen to us, just hit that little subscribe button. It means that you get a notification every week when new episodes are up. And, you know, with the minis, you never know when you're going to wake up to a boy band surprise. Yeah. (laughs) And it's the best way to find out when we're doing your boy band and where they're going to appear on the Ultimate Boy Band chart. But don't forget, the
1: Ultimate Boy Band is not necessarily the one that comes to the top of our chart.
0: It's the one that was there when you needed the most. And got you from there. To here. See you next
1: week. Credits this week are to the Daily Express for the interview with Richie. uh, Wikipedia Neighbours from Hell. Look that up on YouTube. Um, Yeah. Our theme tune is Dance With You by Fire and Lights from the Songs About a Girl trilogy by Chris Russell. Visit songsaboutagirl.com. And thanks this week go to
0: Lance Bass for giving us life. Yeah, uh, YouTube premium April the 3rd. It's already out. Go and watch it right now.